Hello and welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at Wide Teams. This is episode 92. I am your host, Avdi Grimm, and joining me today is Wade Foster of, uh, how do you pronounce it? Zapier? It's, uh, Zapier makes you happier is the trick. <laughs> okay, Zapier. Uh, Wade, yeah. thanks for joining me. Uh, if you would, uh, just, uh, could you inter- introduce yourself briefly? Sure, yeah. So uh, I'm the, one of the co-founders of Zapier. Um, we've been running for about uh, 22 months now. Uh, so, and from the very get-go, we were uh, kind of a distributed team. Um, it was a side. It started out as a side project that we would work on nights and weekends. And over the top, over the course of you know almost two years now, we've grown to seven people, and now in four different states uh, all across the United States. And um, you know, it's uh, it's you know, been a fun ride, that's uh, for sure. And just real briefly, what is what is Zapier? Uh, so it's a really easy way to kind of connect uh, all these disparate SaaS services and kind of automate away some of the dirty, like, API code work that you would typically have to do to write an integration between a service. So, you know, if you're trying to, like, save your MailChimp leads to, like, Salesforce, like, you can just set up a Zap real quick, and it'll automate that from any point in time to the future. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so you are a distributed team. How did that get started? Yeah, so uh, when uh, my co-founders are Brian and Mike, and when we uh, started, we were in Columbia, Missouri, but we had day gigs, and Mike was still a student, so we just kind of worked on the project when we had time. You know, so that was, you know, for me, that was after work and on the weekends. For Mike, that was sometimes during the day. There was never really, like, it didn't make sense for us to say like, hey, you know, we're only going to work on this project when all three of us can sit down in the same room and, you know, write code on this project. So we just started by saying like, here's a couple things to do. You know, we set up a GitHub org and, you know, we just did everything through GitHub issues and pull requests. And, you know, that's kind of how it basically started uh, was just the three of us doing it whenever we had time uh, to kind of make progress. Okay. Let's see. So you uh, you wrote a really cool article about your story here, uh, 21 m- months in, how to manage a remote team. And I checked that out before the show. Uh, a lot of great insights in here. Now, history-wise, I saw that you were then briefly together in one place for, for Y Combinator, right? Yeah. So the only time in our company's history where everyone has been together was for about two and a half, three months uh, in the summer of 2012 while we were in Y Combinator out in okay. California. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of went your separate ways and, and started picking up more people from wherever they were? Yeah, so, well, I mean, it was kind of just life, you know. So so Mike, uh, his fiance lived back in Missouri and was finishing up law school. So when we finished Y Combinator, uh, you know, he moved back to Missouri and Brian and I stayed out in California. And we just continued operating kind of as a distributed team like we had been uh, from the get-go. And so when we uh, finally had enough revenue, raised some money to hire people, we just continued doing that. We didn't, you know, decide like, hey, we only have to hire people where we are because mm-hmm. th- we were in different places already. So we just looked for people who were, you know, well-qualified, the best people for the job and, uh, you know, 
kind of didn't really matter where they were so much. Mm-hmm. What uh, what do you look for in somebody that you hire for a distributed team? You know, it kind of depends on um, the role, but there's a couple like uniform things that I really like to see. One is that they're really good at uh, written communication. Mm-hmm. So, you know, throughout the hiring process, like if they're doing a good job of communicating via email or, you know, via, via whatever tools that we're using, uh, you know, that's that's like a huge plus one to me uh, because, you know, in a distributed team, almost everything happens asynchronously via, you know, written word, whether it's happening in, you know, GitHub issues or in, a, in Trello discussions or via email or what have you, you know, a campfire room, you're almost always writing. And so, you know, I'm looking for somebody who can, you know, communicate well via that style. The other thing I'm, I'm looking for is somebody who kind of is, is already a doer, right? So somebody that like, regardless of what, if they had a job or not, they would be like doing something professionally, right? So a good way to judge that for like a developer is, you know, are they working on open source projects? Do they have side things that they're they're kind of hacking on away? So you know that like no matter what, their like default action is going to be to like make progress on something. So in the absence of instruction or guidance, like they're still going to go find something for the company to make happen. So those are the two big things that um, I really care about. Um, and then also like just people that you can trust. I think is. Um, a very important thing too, um, which can sometimes be difficult, uh, if you don't like have kind of much of a rapport with them. So one of the things that we like to do is when we hire people, we like still try and meet them in person, at least a couple of us for, you know, a couple days and we'll like bring them out to wherever we're at and we'll hang out for like a few days and try and get a feel for like, uh, you know, can, like, are you the type of person that we could see ourselves working with? Do we think we could trust you? Like, that sort of thing, because I think trust goes a long way. If you trust, you know, the people that you're working with, then there's not like this uh, need to like micromanage or like worry about, you know, hey, is this person, you know, you know, because in a remote team, I can't like see people at their desk and things like that. You just kind of, you know, understand that they're getting the work done. Right. Makes sense. One of the other things you talked uh, a pretty fair length about in this blog post uh, are the tools that you use. And, and a lot of people talk about the tools they use for remote work, um, but a lot of times we just kind of talk about the same same small set of tools. I mean, uh, we've talked about Campfire over and over, you know, and email, obviously, some stuff like that, Trello, GitHub. A lot of people have talked about these things. But you actually mentioned some tools that um, I either hadn't heard of or hadn't seen a lot of mention of uh, one mm-hmm. of the, the, the first ones that stands out to me is squiggle, which of course we had um, Tom Moore of, of squiggle on the show uh, several episodes back episode 80, 83. Yeah. Um, uh, so the ha- that, that's a service. Um, if I understand correctly, uh, it basically shows it's kind of a, a live video wall or a semi live video wall of, of everybody who's working. Right. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, some people <laughs> like it, some people don't. Uh, right. You know, because it kind of, it takes a picture of you every eight seconds, you know, based from you know your machine, and uh, so some people are like, ah, that kind of creeps you out a little bit. But we find it nice because a lot of times, like me in particular, and a lot of guys on the team are really bad at like setting their away messages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah. so squiggle is like a nice way to like visually see, you know, Hey, are you actually here or not? And that way you don't get those like weird things in campfire where it's like somebody was there like five minutes ago and then you ask them another question and then like, there's no response for forever. And you're kind of like wondering what's happening. 
And it's just a nice way to, like, you know, you can just click over to Squiggle and say, like, oh, okay, well, they must have gotten up and left for now, so I'll, I'll hear back from them later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the thing that we really like about Squiggle is it just kind of gives you a little bit of that, you know, kind of the presence, right? It's a little yeah. bit more of a water cooler vibe than you would normally get. Yeah, no, it makes totally makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Another one that stood out to me that I'd actually never heard of before is something called I Done This. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I Done This is kind of a great little tool. Um, it's very simple. It sends you an email at the end of the day. You can kind of you know uh, tweak it depending on like what time zones and stuff you're in. And it basically just says, "Hey, what'd you do today?" And uh, you know, you reply, you know, "Hey, I did these three things or whatever." And then the following morning, it'll send out a digest that says, like, here's what everyone on the team is working on. And the thing that we find really great about that is we tried doing, like, the daily stand-up thing, right, where you get, like, on a Google Hangout and, you know, all kind of go around and say, like, you know, what you're working on, which is really popular in, like, agile spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, But we found that was, like, really cumbersome for us, uh, just, you know, coordinating across time zones. Like, it would pull people out of what they were already doing. And it just felt really heavy to do on a daily basis. We still do something like that on a weekly basis, but just every day just felt almost too much because a lot of times you'd just say, like, well, I'm still working on that feature that I was working on yesterday. Right. Um, not much to add, right? Whereas I've done this, you know, you just get this quick email and you can say, like, hey, I've got, like, these three things. Here's, like, a blocker that I've got. And then it's just it's really lightweight. You know, it takes, like, a couple minutes of your time. And then you can also see, like, what other people are working on. So... You know, if you've noticed, like, somebody else is working on something that you have, like, an interest in, or maybe they ran into a problem uh, that you actually know the solution in, you can just kind of jump in and say, like, hey, actually, have you tried this? You know, and it kind of just, it's just a nice way to keep everyone up to date on everything that everyone else is working on, which is nice as the team grows. You know, there might be things that, uh, you know, in a different kind of subset of the product that you don't dig into on, like, a daily basis that's nice to hear about. Right. Right, that's interesting. And um, yeah, it looked like you talked a little bit about um, it has some add-ons that you can kind of forward different services into it. Does that ever get a little bit overwhelming, like all the, the stuff that people have done, or is that? Um, so yeah, I mean, we we are always like constantly tweaking kind of uh, the stuff that like the way our process works. So we've used like you know I've done this in a couple different ways. We've used like Trello in I I don't know a half dozen different ways, and. It's just like, it just depends on like how the product is growing and how the team is growing. So, you know, we do these like, uh, weekly hangouts on every Friday. And one of the big topics that almost always comes up, we'll probably spend 10 or 15 minutes is, Hey, are, is like the process we're using, uh-huh. right? Do we need to like, is there something we should add? Is there something we should take away? So, you know, for instance, we used to have, I think, and probably a lot of teams can relate to this. We have like a Trello roadmap, uh, board. Um, but one of the things that happened is like the to-do column like just started getting like enormous, right? You know, this mm. is like a problem in a lot of teams is where there's more stuff to do than you can actually confidently finish. And so you have to like prioritize things to do. And, you know, so one thing we like quickly did there was just say like, okay, well, you know, we've got the roadmap. Let's add a separate board that's just a parking lot where you can just dump ideas. And that way, like stuff doesn't get lost, but at the same time, like it's stuff that's in the parking lot. You don't have to like worry. You're not, you don't get guilt about like not doing those things. It's just like there as a reminder. Whereas when it was on the roadmap, you kind of felt guilty. Like here's this enormous list in Trello of stuff that we have to do and we haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, so like that kind of discussion happens all the time where we're saying like, Hey, this like what we're doing now doesn't feel right. Um, like something isn't, 
it's not working for some reason. And so we'll just kind of brainstorm real quick, you know, what's a way that we can kind of work around this? Sometimes they're like social changes, right? Or And sometimes they involve tools. Sometimes they don't. Um, it's just kind of trying to figure out what works best for us. Right. So you're almost having you're, you're almost having like a little retrospective every week that yeah. lets you adjust adjust course, which is kind of the, the the soul of agile right there. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much exactly what we do. <laughs> I want to briefly touch on a couple of these other tools just because I think some of the listeners might be interested in trying them. One thing I noted, you use LastPass Enterprise to share passwords, which I'm honestly surprised that I don't think anybody else has mentioned this because I've used that as well and it seems like that's a pretty essential thing with it well any team but particularly a distributed team is a way to share um logins like if if you have different team accounts for many many different services you need a way to share those logins yeah this was actually one that was pretty painful for us because we do integrations between services so we have logins to probably 300 or 400 different services right um at any one time and it's constantly growing and like it was just a nightmare to figure out you know, where the heck do you log in, right? Is it a username? Is it an email address? Mm-hmm. Whose email address, if it is an email address, what username is it? Some services, like, make you reset them on periodic basis. So, like, Salesforce, you resets, like, every month or three months or whatever. Right. So you so, need like, to push just, that out to everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's just, like, no way that, you know, any one person could kind of, like, even keep up by themselves, much less a team. Right. Uh, so we started looking for kind of a solution to that. You know, we I use like LastPass personally. So you know, we tried Enterprise. It's I mean, it's a bit janky to kind of set up, but yeah. like oh yeah, no, the LastPass like, the LastPass yeah. UI is 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 an epic train wreck. But <laughs> oh, but I know. It's still, it's like the the functionality is so good that that it's it's still worth it. Yeah, exactly. Like on a day to day basis, you know, if I go to a, some service that you know. I may not have ever logged into, but I can guarantee someone on our team probably has like odds, you know, just auto fills everything. And I'm inside the UI in a couple minutes poking around, uh, you know, and I don't have to like go track people down. It's like who set up the, you know, you know, GitHub account, right? What's right. the GitHub? You know, I don't, ha- you don't have to do that. You just go there in your browser and it just fills it in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a, I mean, I'd recommend LastPass for any team that has like password sharing problems. <laughs> yeah. And, and for those who don't know, I mean, one of the, the things besides the fact that it's just going to, you know, fill these things in automatically for you, one of the other nice things about it over like sharing things on a Dropbox or a document or something like that is that it's zero, zero knowledge. So they can't access your passwords even if they wanted to. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if, you know, someone were to leave our team for whatever reason, we can just, you know, revoke LastPass access and, you know, yeah. don't necessarily have to go through the song and dance of changing 400 passwords. Right. So, um, another one I hadn't seen before, Draft is interesting. It sounds it sounds like it's kind of like a way to uh, edit uh, non-code documents uh, as a team. Yeah, it's very, like, GitHub-esque in the sense that it has kind of like a pull request style feature. You know, which is great for, like, when you're working on, you know, like, web page copy or if you're working on a blog post or, uh, you know, anytime you're, like, writing and you need to, like, edit it, you can, you know, a person can come in and say, like, hey, I like this, I don't like this, tweak grammar, spelling check, but they can also add, like, comments and stuff. It's a bit like Google Docs in a sense, but um, the nice bit is, like, the pull request aspect. So the person who kind of owns the document can say, like, okay, I like this change that you made. Um, mm-hmm. I'll accept these changes. But, like, this other change, you know, I actually think that's not quite as good or, you know, whatever. Well, that's really cool. So it's almost like uh, it's almost like a UI. I'm looking at a screenshot. It's almost like a UI for for cherry picking. 
Um, yeah. So like the different the different change chunks have mm-hmm. their own accept buttons. That's kind of cool. Exactly. So you can say, yeah, you say like, hey, I, this paragraph, I think you really made like a good addition here, but this other one, you know, I still the original one was better. I'm gonna leave that yeah. as is. Um, so it's just a nice way to work on revising any sort of like uh, document that you're kind of working on. You know, we use it. I use it for blog posts. I use it for uh, you know writing copy for you know any new designs. You know, writing job posts is like, you know, I'll use it for that. Uh, writing like long emails, you know, if I have to write an investor update email, like show the team like what I've written beforehand and say like, hey, is there anything that we need to add to this that I'm missing? You know, stuff that's like, you know, you want to make sure you get right. I kind of run through draft first. Right. No, it makes total sense. That's that's really cool. I hadn't heard, I hadn't seen that before, but mm-hmm. I think I might I might um I might have some uses for it now. One other thing that 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 I saw that I just want to give a quick plus one on is hello sign. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, like so that's that's <laughs> I, I guess I should let you describe it briefly, and then I'll talk about why I, I agree with you. Well, if you don't use hello sign, like you should use hello sign is basically the yeah. bottom line there. You know, anytime you need to sign a document, stop with the whole like you know print this screen, out, print this yeah, out, print yes. this out, <laughs> sign it, scan it, and then send it back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like that's I mean, that's fine if you're going around at the office passing you know passing papers out and then collecting them. But yeah, yeah that like that that whole that whole song and dance of print sca- print sign <laughs> scan should never happen. Oh, I know it's terrible. And they also have a, a sister product, Hello Fax, where yes. if you ever get the nightmare scenario where someone's <laughs> like, "Can you please fax me this?" Oh my god, yes. You can, uh, yeah, check out Hello Fax. It's like, so, yeah, Hello, Hello Fax is funny because it's one of those <laughs> things that like I use maybe once a year. Yeah. But <laughs> that one time, I am so glad that it exists. Oh, I know. It's exactly that way. Uh, yeah, same, I mean, in a little bit the same with Hello Sign, right? It's just, they yeah. solve a problem that is, like, so painful, and you're just like, thank God this service exists. And honestly, I don't think we're even paying them yet, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You know, I would pay them every time if I wanted, if, like, they asked me to, because it's, like, relieves that big of a headache. It's such oh, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, same here. Now, and I'm just, I'm glad you mentioned some of these because it seems like a lot of these are, are smaller use, you know, more, more niche, uh, niche tools that not everyone talks about, so. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, the tool sets, the kind of the stuff that you use. And I think, uh, it's good to just dig in on some of like the different things that are out there. And, you know, one of the nice things about running a company like Zapier is we get exposed to like such a wide variety of tools that, uh, you know, we end up playing around with different stuff anyway. Uh, so it's fun to like, and it's fun to like support other like smaller developers and smaller teams as well. Yeah. So you'll have to forgive me for basically structuring this interview um, on, <laughs> on your blog post, but uh, sure, you do talk about process a bit, and that seems like a, a cool place to go next. Um, can you talk a little bit about what your whole team process is like? I mean, we already talked about it a little bit with the with the the, the weekly, mm-hmm. meeting, but what other things do you do? Yeah. So. I think in some, just to kind of give you a brief background on why we do process, I think a lot of companies kind of, uh, they tend to like think process is scary, right? It's like stop being creative and stop, uh, you know, doing things like here's your checklist, do these things, you know? I don't really think about process like that. I think about process as more of a way to like kind of prioritize things and give you like uh, a framework for thinking about whatever, you know, piece of product you're working on so that that way it like frees you up to actually be creative within those like few constraints that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, so one of the things that like 
you know, an interesting thing that we have as a challenge is our support is um, pretty heavy and it's pretty technical because we're dealing with lots of, you know, API calls going back between a bunch of different part, you know, third parties. And so, you know, we do have like a, a guy who like does most of our, you know, tier one support, but um, there's still like a hefty amount of tier two, like more technical support. So all of our developers do support at some point in time. Um, and, you know, over time that like, like we just tweak that to figure out, Hey, what's a good way to do that? We used to have it where like you would have one support day a week. Um, but found that that didn't work out very well because people would like email back the next day and somebody else had answered the email and like, didn't like you, if it was your support day, you didn't have the context that the other person had and it was just not very good. So right. now what we do is like you have one week you'll spend on support and basically when I say support, it's like pretty broad definition, right? It can be just like answering people's emails, but it can also be like fixing bugs or just like cleaning stuff up, right? Uh, it's kind of like an all-purpose, like, bug duty week sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, like, three weeks off where you're basically working on, like, main features. Uh, so you're, like, you know, you have, like, here's this chunk of a project, and you try and, like, scope it out, um, which is kind of Agile-esque to a sense where, like, you know, at the end of three weeks, you're going to have, like, a nice shippable component of something, right? So you made, like, really good progress on uh, some subset of, we kind of collectively decided was the next most important thing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like how the devs work. And then, you know, we'll build into that, which kind of like by nature, by setting it up like that, you kind of have like this culture of shipping, right? So every three, every week now, somebody is like ending their three week cycle and is like pushing something major out. You know, smaller stuff got, does get shipped like on a day to day basis. I mean, we're deploying all the time. Uh, like little features, but like the main thing, right? If we're talking about adding like a complete new bit, um, that stuff tends to happen like on these three week cycles. And so it kind of builds in a nice cadence, a nice rhythm so that, you know, you don't, you don't get like a bit of stagnation that can sometimes creep in if there's not like a obvious direction where we should be going. Then to like pair those up, we have like the weekly hangouts that we talked about where, you know, each week we just come in, do a quick overview of like what our current roadmap is, where we're going. And then we also use it a bit as like a social time. So we'll just kind of, you know, banter for, you know, 10 minutes or so on what people are up to. Right. Uh, just as a way to like, you know, kind of build in some camaraderie, so to speak. One other interesting thing that we also do with those weekly hangouts is at the end of them, we'll have a quick five minute break and then somebody in the company will just give a quick like 15 minute talk about something, which is kind of like a way just to like embed some like cool learning stuff into the company. And it can be about anything really, right? It can be specific to Zapier. So like we have a pretty complex, we open source this Django drip email tool, which basically is a way to send lifecycle style emails. And I was like one of the, myself and Brian were like the only people who really knew like how that works. So one week I gave a quick 15 minute talk on like how to set up emails and send out emails so that everyone could kind of know how to send out emails. So it can be like specific to our, our product and like our company, but it could also be like completely different. So, uh, one of my teammates, Brian Cooksey, like was just having fun with web workers and did a quick talk over web workers which he ended up turning in later into, like, an intro blog post, which, like, you know, sent a ton of traffic to our site, which was kind of cool, because a lot of times you can, like, turn those talks into something public and shareable that is interested, more interesting to, like, a wider audience. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the web workers, like, we're not using them very, like, much at all in Outsider Product. It was just, like, a fun, interesting thing that uh, he thought was cool. So that's kind of a, a thing that we do that might be a little bit different than what other folks do as a way to just kind of, like, introduce new types of new topics, new new tech, new, new ways of doing things uh, through those, like, short 15-minute talks. That's really cool. And it's, it's especially cool that you're doing that even though you're distributed. I mean, I've heard of a lot of groups doing like lunch and learns and stuff in the, in the office, but it's, it's neat that you're doing it. Um, yeah. We had a previous, I had a previous job where, uh, we did that. Um, and it was, I don't know, it was just really helpful. It was like a cool way to kind of, uh, you know, just grow yourself like personally. Uh, you know, whether it was relevant to, you know, the company or not, you still like kind of got exposed to different stuff, which I thought was just, it was fun and I really appreciated it. So, uh, we kind of thought about how we could apply that to a, a distributed team. Right. Nice. Mm-hmm. Something you mentioned that you were just starting to try in this article uh, is something called random check-ins. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah. So this was like an interesting thing where, uh, you know, we were just like trying to kind of basically get people to um, just like find out more a little bit about like what roadblockers might be happening. Because us as like we're a relatively young team. And so... Uh, myself and Brian and Mike as the co-founders have been working on this for like 24 months now almost. And so we know like every piece of the product like inside and out. Whereas, you know, like Cooksey and James and Micah, they've, none of them, Mike has been with us the longest. He's been with us about nine months. Um, so there's still like lots of bits of like the code base of the product that are like unseen by them or, you know, just not quite as clear like what's happening there yet. Um, mm. and so the idea was, behind this was just to do like quick like random check-ins because I think a lot of times as developers there's like this good bit of where like you want to do it yourself right mentality like you want to power through and like figure it out because like you're all problem solvers but sometimes like you know a quick like instant message to say like oh why don't you try this you know like cuts you know an hour worth of googling out of like your day right mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of like the idea behind it is there's just like these quick like hey how's it going one can like help basically like get around those roadblocks that people are hitting like pretty constantly. Um, but then two, it also acts as another thing, which is like more of the social, uh, aspect as well. Um, cause as like a distributed team, um, you know, it's really easy. There's like a, it's really easy to like kind of hole up in like a cave. There's like a really hilarious oatmeal comic about that where like over his time has like, you know, uh, his social interaction turns in, into like a caveman or whatever. So it can be kind of like that. And so the random check-ins serve as a way just to like see how things are going. You know, it's like, hey, how are your, you know, kids doing? Or like, how is, uh, you know, what'd you do this weekend or whatever? You know, it can be just like really just simple as that too. We're just trying to see like, you know, how people are doing. You know, is things, are things generally well with your life or things, you know, you know, is there something that I can help out with? You know, just to figure out, you know, uh, just ha- ways that we can be helpful. Right. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been chatting for a while. Is there anything else before we wrap things up uh, that you think is worth mentioning about the way you do things? You know, the only other thing that we do, which may or may not be interesting, is uh, I still try and do, like, monthly one-on-ones with everyone, which are basically exactly what they sound like. They're, like, 30 to 45-minute sessions where I have, like, a routine set of questions that we always ask every month. And sometimes the answers are, like, Still like, hey, I'm just doing more of the same, which is fine. 
it's just like they're a good way to like make sure that progress is still happening kind of on a consistent basis. And I like to limit them also to like one specific question, right? So I'll ask like, Hey, what can I do to help you out better? Like what's one thing, uh, that way. And then we'll ask like, what's one thing that you can do? And then like, where's one thing that, uh, like the company as a whole can do. And by like keeping it to one specific thing, it's like a lot easier to, to basically make sure that you're making progress, right? So you open up that document next month and you can see like, well, here's the one thing that I said that, you know, I could do. And if I didn't do that thing to help them out, I feel really terrible, uh, you know, kind of as the lost man, uh, that I didn't like help them out. Um, and then like vice versa as well. So it's just a nice way to like make sure that like small little things aren't falling through the cracks and Mm -hmm. also like make big progress on bigger things as well. Very nice. Uh, well, Wade, uh, this has been, this has been really interesting. Um, I, I think it's, it's great that you've, put this much thought into how you make your distributed team work and uh, I look forward to hearing more from you and I'll keep be, I'll keep an eye on your blog to see if you have any any uh, you know more follow-ups as <laughs> time goes by yeah uh, yeah for sure before I let you go where can people find out more about you and uh, and Zapier yeah for sure so I I write uh, fairly regularly on some about some of this stuff at wadefoster.net and you can follow me on Twitter at wadefoster. If you're more interested about Zapier as well, we write, I write there pretty, pretty regularly. Zapier.com slash blog is our blog. Uh, and Zapier's with one P, uh, for those listening. And, uh, yeah, and we'll, like, we do, I do write fairly regularly there as well. So those are, like, the three big places to kind of keep in touch with me. Cool. Well, Wade, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me, Avi. And that is our show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. To subscribe to the show if you haven't already, go to yteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. The Y-Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm, signing off. Why, 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 why